Before we kneel down and pray, we'd like to share a scripture. Let's turn to Zechariah chapter 10. Zechariah chapter 10, let's look at verse 1 to 2. In the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, I read, Ask the Lord for rain. In the time of the latter rain, the Lord will make flashing clouds. He will give them showers of rain, grass in the field for everyone. Verse 2, For the idols speak delusion, the diviners envision lies and tell false dreams. They comfort in vain. Therefore the people wend their way like sheep. They are in trouble because there is no shepherd. We know that uh, the book of Zechariah is talking about uh, rebuilding the temple. So the work of rebuilding the temple has started, foundation was laid, and then it was stopped. But then the people began to concentrate on their own stuff and they neglected the work of God. So Zechariah and Haggai were sent to encourage them and by the command of God, they started to rebuild the temple. And obviously they finished it. Now you may say, the word of God is not just historical, so how do we know Zechariah chapter 10, verse 1 to 2 is to do with us today? Well, if we look at verse 1. Ask the Lord for rain in the time of the latter rain. The latter rain, we know, is talking about our period today, in the end time. We know there's the former rain, latter rain. Rain in the Bible represents the Holy Spirit. So therefore, in the time of the latter rain, this is talking about our time today. So the strange thing is, why does God tell us, ask the Lord for rain in the time of the latter rain? Because at the end of the day, the latter rain, the Holy Spirit, has been poured upon us. So if we have the Holy Spirit already, evidenced by speaking in tongues, why do I need to ask the Lord for rain? Surely, after I receive the Holy Spirit, I don't need to ask the Lord for rain anymore. Experientially, we realize, as soon as we receive the Holy Spirit, we may be elated for a period of time, and then afterwards, we kind of even neglect prayer. A person may even become spiritually lost, even though they have received the Holy Spirit. A person, after they receive the Holy Spirit, may not even understand the Bible, or maybe even depart from the truth. So this tells us very clearly, after we have received the Holy Spirit, the Lord tells us we need to keep asking for rain in the time of the latter rain. Why? Because we need to be filled by the Holy Spirit. We need to be filled by the Holy Spirit. We cannot just rely on, I've just received the Holy Spirit, that's enough for me. If having the Holy Spirit is enough for salvation, then why does the Bible tell us that we need to be filled by the Holy Spirit? It must be, if I'm not filled by the Holy Spirit, then I'm filled by something else. So today we realize experientially 
we know that we need to ask the Lord for rain in the time of the latter rain because it's very easy for us to depart from God's will without the Holy Spirit filling us. Now, if we look at verse 1, the second part, ask the Lord for rain in the time of the latter rain. The Lord will make flushing clouds. He will give them showers of rain and grass in the field for everyone. So this means that why do we need to ask the Lord for rain in the time of the latter rain? It's to do with the fact that there will be grass. Grass symbolizes spiritual food. Now, if we turn to Amos chapter 8. Amos chapter 8. Amos chapter 8, let's look at verse 11 to 12. Amos chapter 8, verse 11 to 12. Verse 11. Behold, the days are coming, says the Lord God, that I will send a famine on the land, not a famine of bread, nor a thirst for water, but of hearing the words of the Lord. Verse 12. They shall wander from sea to sea and from North to east, they shall run to and fro, seeking the word of the Lord, but shall not find it. So here we can see the Bible tells us there will be a famine of the word of God. So now we ask this question, why is it that there is a famine of the word of God? When we come to church, do we not listen to the word of God every week? There was a brother he departed from the church and he lost his faith a little bit okay and every so often he will come back but he has, his heart is not in the church so one day he received an illness he began to seek after god and he also received the holy spirit so when he came back to church he was touched by the holy spirit he received the Holy Spirit, and when he listened to the word of God, it was different. Because from then onwards, he was relying on the Holy Spirit for God to give him wisdom to understand the word of God. So, brothers and sisters, isn't it true that we need to rely on the Holy Spirit in the latter rain to understand God's word? Now, throughout these few days, and there's a pattern because we keep repeating it that when we pray more when gradually at the beginning we're still a little bit spiritually dazed and then in the second day sabbath day we pray a little bit more the word of god becomes clearer and then on the last day the word of god becomes even clearer now why did that happen because we were praying more we were relying on the holy spirit so gradually, we find it that the word of God is becoming clearer again. So therefore, it must be that in the time of the latter rain, we need to ask the Lord for rain, plenty of it. Plenty of it. Because if we do not rely on the Holy Spirit to study and listen to the word of God, we will try to listen for the sound, 
but spiritually were not edified. It's not because the speaker did not turn to the Bible. It's not the speaker did not speak the truth. It's that our heart was not guided by the Holy Spirit. So therefore today, in the time of the latter rain, we need to rely on the Holy Spirit. Let's turn back to Zechariah chapter 10. Zechariah chapter 10. Now we know, we have learned to join verses together. Verse 1 is linked to verse 2. Because it says, verse 2, For the idols speak delusion. The diviners envision lies and tell false dreams. They comfort in vain. Therefore the people went their way like sheep. They are in trouble because there is no shepherd. So the reason why we need to ask the Lord for rain in the time of the latter rain is to ask God for guidance so that we may know the truth so that we won't become deceived. So when we look in verse 2, it's amazing, isn't it? Because the way it's described, falsehood is spread in this manner. Idols speak delusion. Now, isn't that interesting? Because idols are made of material. They don't have life. So how can it be possible idols speak delusions? Obviously, it is not the idols themselves that speak, but those who believe in idols that will speak delusion. Those who become deluded, they will speak lies and to deceive everyone else. Yeah? So let's turn to 1 Timothy. 1 Timothy chapter 4, verse 1. 1 Timothy chapter 4, verse 1. Verse 1. Now the Spirit expressly says that in latter times some will depart from the faith, giving heed to deceiving spirits and doctrines of demons. Now look at the last two things. To deceiving spirits and doctrines of demons. Now we have mentioned before that we are the restored apostolate church. The apostolate church, when we read the New Testament, was on the decline. And we know, according to the truth, since we are the restored apostolate church, the apostolate church was destroyed, and the church departed from the truth, and the Holy Spirit departed. So therefore, even though physically there was a church, but that was not the church that God recognized. Since the apostolate church degenerated to such an extent because of deceiving spirits and doctrines of demons, then it must be in the latter times, because we are absolutely in the latter times, then the deceiving spirits and doctrines of demons is going to work even harder. True? It cannot be possible that the work of Satan will be easier to spot and to be able to overcome the temptations. It cannot be so. It has to be harder because it's his last chance. Now, since that is true, then what do we need to do? Now, the problem is, when we are listening to the truth, 
we have been we are so blessed in the church to listen to the teachings once a year we've got this seminar every single week on sabbath day and then even in the middle of the week we have fellowships and so we take it for granted i'm always going to have access to the word of god someone is going to spend effort and love and prayers to spread the truth to me so i've got plenty but do you know what what is so deceptive about that knowledge doesn't equate wisdom wisdom once you have it doesn't mean you use it so that is why we must not fool ourselves knowing knowledge having an elated sense of wisdom oh i never knew that having the idea in our minds or the teaching in our minds and ears doesn't mean that we will do it and pursue it it doesn't mean that we all know it so therefore isn't it true in the time of the latter rain since there will be great deception that will reach its peak for when jesus comes again that we must stop fooling ourselves stop deceiving ourselves thinking the bare minimum will be enough if i do a prayer here read the bible verse there i will be okay god will touch me god loves me he will send me a preacher or a deacon to remind me this is right this is wrong that will be enough is it true no it's not enough we need to come to the truth ourselves we need to save our souls we need to ask the lord jesus to redeem us from every lawless deeds so that we may be spiritually clued up when the tempter comes to our door we know this person is not of the truth so we don't become affected yeah let's turn to first john chapter 5 first john chapter 5 first john chapter 5 verse 21 first john chapter 5 verse 21 little children keep yourselves from idols amen now when i read this verse after studying first john chapter one chapter two chapter three chapter four chapter five i began to think what is the writer doing why is he mentioning little children keep yourselves from idols amen so the question is this is he talking about physical idols or spiritual idols can be both but let us look at is it possible it's talking about spiritual idols let's turn to first john first john chapter one first john chapter one so in first john chapter one verse five to verse 10 is describing two groups of people 
who are having fellowship, two groups of people. So that means both of these group of people are supposed to believe in Jesus because they're all part of the church, right? But the elder is describing two groups of people. Yeah? One group of people acknowledge they have sinned. Verse 9, if we confess our sins, that's one group of people, right? So we know this group of people is not worshipping idol because they are worshipping Jesus according to the truth. So when the truth is spoken, they confess their sins. But then there's another group of people that walk in darkness, yeah? They lie and do not practice the truth. How do we know? Verse 8. If we say that we have no sin, we deceive ourselves, and the truth is not in us. This is the sign that we may be worshipping idols, because when the sin is pointed out according to the truth, we disagree with the truth. And if we disagree with the truth, are we worshipping the true God or worshipping an idol? Surely, if we are worshipping the one true God, the truth that proceeds from the mouth, from the spirit of Jesus, it should come into our hearts, reveal our sins. But when it's spoken and we reflect and we deny that we have the sin that is pointed out, then are we not worshipping idols? So therefore, we can see in 1 John chapter 1, there are people who blatantly says that they have no sin. They blatantly believe they had no sin. But yet, they are of God, supposedly, because they are in church. They are in the community of faith. Now, the problem is this. If people are worshipping idols, is it true to say that they, when they worship idols, they will affect other believers? Is it true? What is the biblical foundation to know that when a person worships idols, they will affect other believers sooner or later? Yeah, let's turn back to Hebrews. Hebrews chapter 12, let's look at verse 15. Hebrews chapter 12, verse 15. Looking carefully, lest anyone fall short of the grace of God, lest any root of bitterness springing up cause trouble, and by this many become defiled. So how do we know that the root of bitterness is to do with idol worship. Let's turn to Deuteronomy. Deuteronomy chapter 19.
beg your pardon, I seem to have lost the verse. Nine. Twenty-nine. Thank you very much. What good memory. Twenty-nine. Yeah. Deuteronomy chapter twenty-nine. Yeah, verse 18. Deuteronomy chapter 29, verse 18. So that there may not be among you man or woman or family or tribe whose heart turns away today from the Lord our God to go and serve the gods of these nations, and that there may not be among you a root-bearing bitterness or wormwood. So here you can see a person has turned away to worship idols. Not obedient the truth is turning to idols. Now if you look at verse 19, And so it may not happen when he hears the words of this curse, that he blesses himself in his heart, saying, I shall have peace, even though I follow the dictates of my heart, as though the drunkard could be included with the sober. So that means when a person worships idols and they are not willing to admit, they are not willing to obey God's word, sooner or later, because of their idol-worshipping tendencies, sooner or later, they will cause defilement in the church, in the body of Christ. So this is what Hebrews chapter 12 verse 15 was warning about. Brothers and sisters, is it important for us not to become the bitter root ourselves? It's important that we need to be super obedient. Otherwise, we ourselves could be found to be worshipping idols. We are committing idolatry without realizing it. Our ungodly behavior will cause defilement to the rest of the church, to our brothers and sisters. Ungodliness will increase. So today, that is why it's so important in the time of the latter rain, not only we pray so that we can pray longer, we have peace in our hearts, but that we can be fully alert to God's standard. Only when we are fully alert to God's standard and we are actually keeping the teachings, then when someone comes across and begins to try to dismantle the teachings of truth, the governance in the church, departing from the principles that God has given to us, when that begins to happen, then we know something is wrong. Does that make sense? So it must be when we hold ourselves to the principles of God and we strive after the principles of God, sooner or later the church becomes holier and holier and more and more perfect, so when the evil spirit tries to tempt people away from the truth, the church can stand firm. Does that make sense? 
So therefore, it must be as youth in Canada, if we love the church, if we love salvation, all of us must fully rely on the Holy Spirit, not only to be deeply prayerful, to be filled by the Holy Spirit, but earnestly asking the Holy Spirit to guide us into all truth, not only we are becoming more prayerful and more knowledgeable about the Bible, but we understand how the Holy Church is to be preserved. It must be united. It can never, ever be divided. But we know the history of the apostolate church. It was easy to be divided. Let's turn to 1 Corinthians chapter 1. 1 Corinthians chapter 1. Let's look at verse 10. Now, notice when Paul says these words, how burdened he was by the fact that there was division in the church of God in Corinth. Notice how he had to bring out the name of Jesus and notice that Paul had to beg the church of God the following, verse 10. Now I plead with you, brethren, by the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, that you all speak the same thing and that there be no divisions among you, but that you be perfectly joined together in the same mind, in the same judgment. Can you see how there was a split in Corinth church? Now, don't forget, when you look at the church of God in Corinth, was the church of Corinth purchased by the blood of Jesus? Did the church of God have the Holy Spirit? Did they have the gospel? Yes, they did. Did they have gifts of the Holy Spirit? Yes. But why was it that they were easy to become divided? Was it a human problem or was it a spiritual problem? Definitely it was a spiritual problem because they did not take seriously the will of God, the prayer of Jesus, that the church must be perfectly united in Jesus. It cannot be allowed to be divided in any little way. It can't. It must not happen. So it must be if you have the Holy Spirit, guided by the Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit in you and in me will push us to come together. It is impossible if you have the Holy Spirit and I have the Holy Spirit that we will drift further and further away. It cannot be so. If we are following the same Holy Spirit and we are following the same truth, then it must be we will get closer and closer together until we become one mind, one heart. This is the discernment that we need to have. So brothers and sisters, are we living in the latter days? In, uh, are we in the latter rain period? 
So can you see how it's so important to ask the Lord for rain in the time of the latter rain? Because it's so easy to give up on each other, isn't it? It's so easy not willing to forgive. It's so willing not to rely on the Holy Spirit to bring us together. It's so, so easy. Brothers and sisters, we are called not just for our own personal salvation, we are called upon to love the church. Let's turn to Ephesians chapter 5. <clears throat> Ephesians chapter 5, let's look at verse 23. Ephesians chapter 5, verse 23. For the husband is head of the wife, as also Christ is head of the church, and he is the savior of the body. Since the church is the body of Christ and Jesus is the savior of the body, if we want to be saved, shouldn't we strive for unity in the truth? It has to be. We must strive for unity in the truth because the devil wants us to become divided and want us not to be righteous and perfecting the church. He doesn't want that. So today, if we really value salvation, and if we love God and love man, for the church to be the place where we are saved, then all of us have the responsibility to be filled by the Holy Spirit. Ask the Lord for the latter rain, not only for our spiritual benefit, but the preservation of the whole church. So now we're going to pray. In our prayer, let us ask the Lord to continue to guide us for the teachings that we have received, but much more that we are in our daily prayers, filled by the Holy Spirit. Let the gospel be spoken to us and that we have a heart of humility with deep, self-conscious, spirit-guided self-examination, am I meeting God's will? Is God's righteousness revealed? Am I becoming godly? Is my fellowship becoming more godly? Is my family becoming more righteous? Are we becoming holier? If we are, that's good. If we're not, we need to pray desperately for God's mercy because the most important is that we know Jesus is saving us. May the Lord Jesus preserve us. May the Lord Jesus help us and guide us in our youth ministry and our youth work, whether in evangelism or bringing back lost sheep or setting up fellowships. May the Lord bless us all. Let us come forward and pray in the name of Jesus Christ.